Welcome to the How to Start a Career course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the secret job search strategies of top candidates to find meaningful work, build your network, and have long-lasting career success. If you want to learn how to land your dream job in any type of market, join us at plato.university for exclusive content and actionable exercises with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. All right, welcome back. In the previous interview, we went through the process that you'll go through when you have a phone interview. We discussed the importance of the phone interview, of screening you and qualifying that you actually have the skills for this position, and that it's worth the time to actually take you to a more in-depth interview, which is what we're going to cover today, is when you do the more in-depth interview and do several rounds afterwards, depending on what the role is. Now, an interview is where you're talking with employers and most particularly with the person who actually has the power to hire you for the job you want. During this interview, you want information about the position and you provide information about yourself. These interviews often take many forms. It can be a traditional office interview where you're speaking with one interviewer or it may be conducted by phone or online via Zoom or video call. You might experience a panel interview facing several people lined up along a table. Or you might have a group interview, in the case of several people from a particular office or team interviewing you at the same time. Some interviews include lunch or dinner, but just remember, you are always being interviewed, even if someone says, let's enjoy lunch. Let's dive a little further into the different type of interviews that you might encounter. Interviews come in all shapes and sizes. Depending on the position and the industry, you might have one interview and receive an offer. Many organizations, though, go through a multi-interview process sometimes with one person at a time, sometimes a group interview. Depending on the role, sometimes you might have things like case interviews. For example, if you're interviewing for a position in consulting, finance, or an executive role, you may encounter a case interview in which you are presented with a situation and asked how you would handle it or how you would determine a plan of action. Case interviews can involve tricky questions that focus on your logical ability to solve problems. If you think that you'll be encountering a case interview during the process, You can ask somebody's advice who's gone through it before or check online for sample case questions. During some interviews, you might also be asked to do behavioral exercises. For example, doing something like the inbox exercise, where they give you an inbox filled with memos and correspondence and ask you to quickly read through the materials and prioritize the importance and how you would handle them. If you are interviewing for a position that requires you to do presentations, you might be asked to do a sample presentation. If you're interviewing for a technical position or knowledge about a specific program or software, don't be surprised if they have you do a task on the computer using some of those technical skills. These examples illustrate why it's important to be aware of the expectations of the position and the duties you would perform and to be honest about your abilities. Now, sometimes these behavioral exercises will be given to you after the interview, and that's something we'll cover in the next lesson. Now, why are they having so many interviews and what's the goal of them? The goal of the interview is to be a fact-finding mission, to collect as much data as possible about you as the employee to make a correct decision. During this process, they're trying to answer the questions to themselves of, do we like you? Do we want you to work here? Do you have the skills, knowledge, or expertise that we really need? Do you have the work ethic that we are looking for? During our first initial phone screen interview, we already started to answer some of these questions and demonstrate that we have the skills and competencies they need in order to solve the problems. 
If you're called in for a much more in-depth interview, then they're still looking for these things, but the goal of the interview has slightly changed, and the person interviewing you has probably also changed. Your second interview is going to be with a person who would be your direct manager. Now, this person is going to be concerned whether you can do the job or not. They're going to want to know that you have the skills and competencies. But moreover, they're concerned that you're going to be a good fit for the team. They'll most likely assume that you're qualified to do the job since HR already pushed you through. The focus on this interview would most likely be more about your personality and your working style. Your goal before coming to this type of interview should be to learn about this manager's leadership style and trying to connect with individuals on the team. Remember, people hire people they like and trust. If you can prove that you will be a good fit for the team, then there's a chance that you get an offer there or move on to the next round of interviews. Now, if they continue to have multiple interviews, depending on your position, one of these might be a technical interview, doing some of the behavioral exercises that I talked about before, or you may be doing an interview with a panel of senior execs or just meeting with one senior exec. And in this interview, you need to think more big picture. The more senior the person you are meeting with, the more big picture they are thinking. They are probably looking for potential in this interview. They trust that you can do the job that you're interviewing for, otherwise you would not have made it this far. So this person will be analyzing whether or not they think you will excel and if you could do the job that it's two positions above the one you're interviewing for. They also want to make sure that you're going to stick around and that they can see you staying with the company for at least a few years. Remember, they're thinking big picture and they understand the investment that comes from a bad hire. You will want to make sure that this person can tell that you've spent a considerable amount of time researching the company and that you're really interested in the position. Now, this is usually going to be the last interview that you have, but the bigger the position or role that you're filling, the more likely you're going to have more interviews. So now let's discuss how you can actually knock this interview out of the ballpark. The first thing is to remember the goal of the interview. Before getting to this interview, you've already done a lot of research on the company. And if you've been doing the networking activities, you've already talked to people about what the culture is like. So you should have a pretty good idea whether or not you want this job and want to work for this company. And honestly, it doesn't matter if you want the job or not until you get the offer letter. That's when you get the final decision. So your job during the interview is to get a job offer. Turning interviews into job offers is a critical professional survival skill. And the more that you can actually convert interviews into job offers, the more leverage you'll have at the negotiation table to get an even better offer from one of the companies that you crucially want to work for. So our first step for these interviews, by no surprise, should be to prepare. And you want to take the exact same steps that we took in the previous lesson for the phone interview by becoming familiar with the company, the role, and the individuals interviewing you. Make sure that you're clear about exactly what the company does, their mission and vision statements, their goals, and where they see the companies five years down the line. Understand how the company makes money and how your role helps to facilitate that money making. Fully understand the role that you're interviewing for. How does it help solve problems inside the organization? Understand the tasks that you'll be doing and areas that you're going to do really well because the skills you have and the areas that you may struggle. And don't forget up to look up the ranges of compensation for this, just so you have a better idea when going into the interview. And lastly, do your homework on the interviewer and understand what that interviewer is looking for. Also, be sure to prepare your stories and ways that you'll answer questions that may come up. We'll cover questions here in just a moment. But storytelling is one of the most powerful techniques you can use in a job interview. 
A bonus advantage of well-crafted stories is that you can apply them to different questions. You don't have to know the questions you'll be asked if you have some well-prepared stories about your strengths and ability to solve problems. And make sure that you practice telling these stories. Try them out on family and friends and take feedback to revise them until they're clear and concise, trying to be no more than two minutes max per story. You want to make sure that you're avoiding rambling or unnecessary asides that don't relate to the main point. As we dive more into this process, I'll give you a few different storytelling techniques that you can use to develop your story. But this first step is getting prepared. Something that you can do is to prepare three key selling points ahead of your interviews. For instance, one, I've done this work successfully before with stories to back that up. Two, I'm really excited about this company with explanations of why. And three, I have suggestions for what I could work on, identifying problems that they have and making it clear that you have the skills to solve those problems. Make sure that you always prepare concrete facts and stories to back up these three key messages. As you go into the interview, make sure that you show up on time. Again, this is your first impression, so this is absolutely crucial. Do whatever you need to do to prepare beforehand, make sure you show up on time. If it's an online interview, make sure that you have everything set up in a good location, your internet's working, so on and so forth. If it's an in-person interview, Make sure you have transportation to get there and you know exactly how to get there and getting there early or getting there directly on time. Some things that you want to avoid is looking bad in your appearance or personal habits. So it should go without saying that you're well bathed, groomed, and professionally dressed, even if it's in a Zoom call. You also want to avoid any nervous mannerisms that you might have, like continually avoiding eye contact, slouching in your chair, fidgeting around, or constantly playing with things. Many of these are going to be unconscious and increase under stress. And the best way to learn whether you do them or not is to record a mock interview, play it back, and watch how you move. You also want to avoid any signs of a lack of self-confidence. This can be speaking too softly so that you can't be heard, or too loud so other people could hear you rooms away. It might also include giving answers in extremely hesitant fashion or giving only brief answers to all the employer's questions. You also don't want to interrupt the employer as they're interviewing you. And don't downplay your achievements or abilities or continue to be self-critical. Make sure that you're considerate to all the people that you meet during this interview. Be courteous to everyone. Don't be too critical of your previous employers. And be sure to thank them for the interview and doing the follow-up process. All of these things are very small, but missing any one of them could be the thing that does you win for the actual job offer later on. You could have the best skills in the world, but if you're not a courteous human being or you don't dress well, it could cost you the job. So now let's dive into the actual interview, what you can expect and the questions that you can prepare for. So when you first come into the interview, most likely there's going to be a little bit of small chat and getting acquainted with one another. Then they'll most likely go into some sort of statement like we're looking for this type of person and I want to find out about your experience and the strengths you can bring to our team. The interviewer may then explain a little bit how the interview will go and probably begin to start looking at your resume or something else during the interview or start going through a set of questions. But the very first question that you'll probably get is something along the lines of tell me a little bit about yourself. Now how you answer this question will determine your fate during the rest of the interview. So here are some key points to keep in mind as you answer. With this question, they're giving you a test in the beginning. They want to see how you respond to an open-ended, unstructured situation the kind of unanticipated challenge that life and a job are continually presenting to each of us. And because this is such a common question, employers expect you to have an answer at your fingertips, well summarized and well rehearsed. 
Employers are going to feel like you flunked that test if you respond with a question instead of an answer. Something like, well, what do you want to know about me? They interpret this to mean you have no idea what to answer and are stalling for time. Now, the actual answer that they're looking for is a little different than the one that they verbally asked you. The employer's unspoken real question is, what experience, skills, or knowledges do you have that are relevant to the job I'm trying to fill? That's what you should try to answer here. Remember, your goal is ultimately to connect the dots between you and the position. And so your answer here can start that process. This is where doing your research and preparation beforehand comes in handy because you can identify the most important skills for this job and emphasize stories and experiences that you have that shows that you have these skills. After you've had the initial question of the interview, you're going to dive into the major portion of the interview, which is a barrage of questions towards you, all trying to answer the question of, do you have the skills to solve our problems? Now, there's dozens of questions that you may be asked, and you can find lists online of what the most popular questions are. But these might be things like, what do you know about this company or organization? Why are you applying for this job? How would you describe yourself? What are your major strengths? What are your greatest weaknesses? What type of work do you like to do best? What are your interests outside of work? What accomplishment thus far in your life gave you the greatest satisfaction? Why did you leave your last place of work? Where do you see yourself five years from now? What are your goals in life? And how much did you make at your last job? These are some common ones, and it might be a good idea to prepare some answers for those. But there's often five underlying questions that they're really trying to answer when they're asking you these other questions. The first is, why are you here? This means, why are you knocking on my door rather than someone else's? Why are you applying to this place? The second is, what can you do for us? This means, if we were to hire you, will you help me with the challenges I face? What are your skills and how much do you know about the subject or field that our organization is in? A third underlying question that they're trying to answer is what kind of person are you? This means will you fit in or add a new perspective? Do you have the kind of personality that makes it easy for people to work with you? And do you share our vision? The fourth question, what exactly distinguishes you from 19 or 90 other people who are applying for this job? This means do you have better work habits than others? Do you show up early, stay later, work more thoroughly, work faster, maintain higher standards, go the extra mile, or what? What makes you different? And lastly, can I afford you? This means if we decide we want you here, how much will it take to get you? And are we willing and able to pay that amount? These are the main questions that employers are trying to answer, even if they're never explicitly asked during the interview. So make sure that as you're answering the questions that they say, you're really trying to answer these five curiosities that are standing out in the employer's mind. The other thing that they might do during this question phase is to walk through your resume. They'll use your work history as reference points and ask you questions about different aspects of your experience. You want to make sure here that your answers are simply straightforward and that you show an effort of understanding of the job's role and the type of problem anticipation, identification, prevention, and solving that you'll do in this role. I'll provide some links and further resources for you to see common job questions and how some of them are answered, but make sure that you craft your own answers to these using your skills, your abilities, and your stories. Now, as these questions come up and you're talking about your experience, you want to make sure that you provide evidence giving concrete examples you can solve problems. Here, you're trying to explain what you did and why you did it. You're showing the underlying transferable skills you used to get it done 
and the professional values that helped you make the right judgment calls. And in the end of that experience, what you learned and how you grew professionally from it. If you can, try to think of some ways to bring evidence of your skills to the hiring interview. As mentioned previously, telling a good story is one of the best ways to provide evidence. Every candidate may say that they are hardworking, but if you tell a story about the time someone on your team quit and you had to assume their job duties in addition to yours until a replacement was hired, you have provided a concrete example. And we'll talk about storytelling here in just a moment. But even better would to be bring a portfolio where you creating something that shows you can solve their problems. This gives them not only verbal evidence, but visual evidence as well. They can tangibly see some of the results that you've gotten from problems in the past. And because you've brought specific case studies, it will allow you to direct the conversation more and control the interview, showing them exactly what you want them to see, your best skills, your strengths, and your abilities. As I mentioned, you could also create something that shows you can solve their problems. For example, if you're going to be hired as a marketer, you could design a short marketing campaign and show that as one of your case study examples. Again, here you're directing the conversation. You're showing them your abilities, which is going to be helpful because interviews are only so long. So the more you're able to direct the conversation, the less likely you are to get grilled with more questions that you feel like you may not be able to answer. Now let's talk about answering some of these questions with stories, to use stories as evidence. I'm going to give you two techniques to help you craft your stories. The first is pretty simple. Think about the who, what, when, and where of the situation. What is the context of your story? For the main topic, focus your story on areas such as goals you've accomplished, obstacles you've overcome, decisions you've made, or problems you've solved. Think about stories that illustrate the skills, knowledge, and personality traits that you've identified. If you're trying to transition into a new career, tell stories that show how what you have done in your previous career directly relates to your new one. Another great format to put your stories in to answer different types of behavioral questions is using the STAR method which stands for Situation, Task, Actions, Results. So situation, explain the context, the background, the situation that the problem is occurring in, in your last experience. Then what was the task? Describe the task at hand. What is the challenge that you were facing and what needed to be done? Then describe the action. Elaborate on the specific actions that you took to complete the task and what skills you used to take those actions. And finally, the results. What was the final outcome? What did you accomplish? Quantifying your results is always best. You can explain how much you sold or saved the company, for example. Regardless of the way that you structure your stories, make sure that you're always showing that you can solve the company's problems, providing evidence of it from your past experiences. Now, the interviewer will probably have plenty of questions for you and will lead the interview. But sometimes this isn't always the case, and you're not being asked enough questions in order to really sell yourself. So here's some questions that you could ask during the interview that can help to spark conversation for you to start telling some of the stories about your experience. Who succeeds in this job and why? Who fails in this job and why? What do you consider the most important day-to-day -day responsibilities of this job? What is the hardest part of the job? What will be the first projects I tackle? What will you want me to have achieved in the first 90 days? What are the biggest challenges the company faces this year, and what will be my role as a team member in tackling them? Which projects will I most be involved with during the first six months? What will you want me to have achieved in the first six months? What skills and values do you consider critical to success in this job? When you get a clear understanding of an employer's needs with questions like these, 
you can seize the opportunity to sell yourself appropriately using the same techniques you would had they asked you a question like this in the first place. Now, as you get closer towards the end of the interview and you've done a really great job of explaining how you'll fit in this role, eventually the question is inevitably going to enter the employer's mind of how much is this person going to cost me? And the question that is on your mind is how much does this job pay? However, never discuss salary until the end of the whole interviewing process at that organization, only when they've explicitly said that they want you. The reason for this is because you want to have the most leverage and opportunity at the negotiation table. You want to make sure that you've fully proven that you're the best candidate for this job and they've explicitly said that they want you. The best version of this is getting a formal offer letter, at which point you can enter into the negotiation stage. But sometimes during an interview, they might try to flesh this answer out about how much you would cost before you've done your due diligence of showing that you're the right candidate and them explicitly saying, yes, we want you. And if you end up answering the salary question too early, telling them some price range, you might just disqualify yourself right then because they believe they can't afford you, or you might undersell yourself and be given a lower offer later. So if the employer raises the salary question earlier, say by asking innocently near the beginning of the interview, what kind of salary are you looking for? You should have some responses ready. The best and most tactful response is gonna be, until you've decided you definitely want me, and I've decided I definitely could help with your tasks or projects here, I feel any discussion of salary is premature. Now, if they ask the question like within the first minute or two of the interview, a backup response that you can use is, I'll gladly answer that, but could you help me first understand what the job involves? Now, most of the time, one of these two responses are going to work well. You'll continue through the interview and get to a point later on where they definitely say they want you. But sometimes the employer might push. They just really want to know what salary you're looking for. And in this case, you want to give them a range. For example, you could say something along the lines of, Based on my research into this field, I'm looking for a salary in the range of fifty-five to 65000 a year, but I am also open to hearing what the complete package would be in terms of benefits. However, it's most likely you won't need to give this response yet, but I wanted to bring that up just in case it happens during your interview stages. Once you get to the end of the interview, most interviewers are going to leave you some room for some closing questions, and you want to make sure that you take advantage of this opportunity. It not only shows that you are interested in the position, but it also shows that you are interviewing them just as much as they are interviewing you. Make sure that you choose questions that you cannot find the answers for online. In these questions, make sure that they're specifically crafted for this company and show that you have some enthusiasm and interest for it. Regardless of what questions you decide to ask, I recommend asking a specific question for your final question. And the question is, is there any particular reason why you think I may not be a good fit for this position? This question gives you one last opportunity to overcome any objections that they may have about hiring you. Let's say that they are concerned that you may not be able to handle the long hours. If you never ask this question, you could be denied the opportunity. This question gives you the opportunity to get instant feedback from your interviewer. Additionally, you could ask such questions as, what's the next step in the hiring process? When may I expect to hear from you? And may I contact you after that date if you haven't gotten back to me by that time? Now, as the interview comes to a close and you're getting ready to leave, something that you can do is to have some sort of document prepared called a leave behind. And it's exactly as it sounds. This is a document that you leave for the interviewer. Your leave behind can be something creative or unique to the company or person you're interviewing with 
or it can be something as simple as items from your portfolio. Earlier, I mentioned bringing a portfolio along with you or creating something that shows the company that you can solve their problems. This is great to use as a leave behind. You can personalize it with a cover page of your name and the company's logo and include a personalized cover letter and resume. You might also include in there some letters of recommendation adjusted to the company that you're interviewing with. This little bit of extra effort is going to help you stand out because less than 1% of people coming in for interviews are going to do this. It's very simple, but it's impressive and leaves a lasting impression. After the interview, this is going to come as no surprise, but I want you to follow up. Thank you notes and emails must be sent after every interview by every job hunter, but most people are going to ignore this. So if you want to stand out, send thank you notes or emails to everyone you met that day. Ask them for their business card or ask them to write down their name and email address. And do this even with the admin assistants or anybody else that helped you during the interview process. Doing this shows that you're somebody who has good people skills and that you respect the opportunity to have an interview. It also helps the employer recall who you are, which is very helpful if they've seen a dozen people that day during interviews. If there's a committee involved in the hiring process, your thank you note and leave behind could be something that they showed to the others on the committee. And finally, the thank you note also gives you an opportunity to correct any wrong impression you inadvertently left behind. So I know that's a lot of information that you just got, but the interview is a huge piece of this. It's the final actions you need to take to actually sell yourself to this company. Again, depending on the size of the company and the depth of the role that you'll be doing, you're going to have more series of interviews, and these could take several months depending on the role. So for our activity, what I want you to do every time that you have an interview is to go through the preparation steps and then practice interviewing. Interviewing is a skill, and practice makes perfect with it. So prepare for different types of questions, and then ask somebody to do a mock interview with you. Remember, you're looking for the same type of people that you were looking for in the phone interview, particularly somebody that's gone through the interview process, does interviewing for this type of role, or has lots of experience inside of interviews. Thank you for taking the How to Start a Career course. To get everything you need for your job search, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners, then visit plato.university slash courses slash career and join us for free. Again, that's plato.university slash courses slash career. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at plato.university.